Hey there, I'm Helen Ornelas, and I've been a life insurance, long-term care, and Medicare broker for over 20 years, helping thousands of clients during this time. I've come across all types of cases, questions, and calls from people who are in planning or in crisis and provided solutions. So welcome to the OnLive podcast with Helen Ornelas. Listen, you know as well as I do that taking care of important things in life is motivating, empowering, and even inspirational. You're thinking, what does this look like? If you're a business owner, executive, or someone who wants to know, what do I need to know about life events, how to prepare, where can I get help, you're in the right place. These life events will be coming your way, and you will receive these phone calls from your family, siblings, in-laws, grandparents, business partners, and friends. What calls do you think are coming my way? Let's find out. I'll be sharing stories, solutions from me, my clients, providers of service, and others that can help you now or in the future. We have the toolbox here on life, so if you're ready, let's get your toolbox loaded up. Hello and welcome to another episode of On Life with Helen. So we're going to get started here in a moment, but I've got a few things I need to take care of some business here. Uh, Helen Ornelas gives no tax advice or offers any. Any tax advice that you feel you need, please seek that from a certified tax consultant, a CPA, or a tax attorney. Helen Ornelas also will advise you if you decide to liquidate your assets to please consult with a tax advisor first. All right. So now that that's out of the way, let's uh, get down to some information. In this podcast today, we're going to talk about a couple of topics here. One is ownership of your life insurance policy or a business partner. That's always very important for people to understand. We're going to talk a little bit about collateral assignment and what that means and, and the timeframes that you might have to get that done. A couple of stories about compliance and how being compliant helps you with your life insurance policy, and if you're not, how we can help you get on track and and get things going. And then we had a couple of email questions, so a nice episode here. In the future, we're going to have some guests on, and I look forward to bringing that to you in our next podcast. So the first thing that I want to talk about is who is the owner of your life insurance policy? This is probably leans a little bit more towards the business owner. If you are an individual and you have your life insurance policy in your own estate, you are more than likely the owner of that policy. And when you're the owner, that gives you permission to do a lot of things. You are in full control of that policy. You can make changes to the beneficiary. You can decide in the future to lower that death benefit, uh, any changes that you need to make, like changing the beneficiary, your address, lowering the benefit. When you are the owner of a life insurance policy, you are in the driver's seat. So that's really important to know that. Right now, I'm speaking to business owners that might have a policy that is owned by their company or a key personnel, meaning that your company owns that life insurance policy on you. So that means that they can make changes to that policy only. So you are the insured. And in most cases, your company that you're working for or you own 
is the owner of that policy and they are the ones in the driver's seat. So sometimes when this can be an issue is if you leave the business as a key personnel, an executive or a business owner or a business partner, that policy is most likely going to stay behind with that business. So that means that you will not be able to take that policy with you unless you have an agreement with the business to find a way to make that happen, which you can. So anyone who owns a policy can transfer that ownership as well. So as you are a business owner, executive, a key personnel, if you're going to leave the business, you might want to have that conversation to see if you can bring that policy into your estate. So once again, when we're talking about ownership of a policy, in most cases, when you just get a life insurance policy and you're paying for it out of your checking account for you and your family, you are most likely the owner, unless you have the trust and then you have an executor. For business owners, key personnel, most of the time, the business is the owner of your policy. That means that they have full control over that policy. So an example of maybe a misunderstanding or not fully understanding what that means, I had a business owner come to me. He was leaving his partners. And, you know, sometimes those relationships, they don't always go so smoothly. And he thought that he could take a $5 million life insurance policy with him when he was starting his own agency. So he didn't quite understand that the people he were leaving owned that policy and they decided to not let him take that policy with him. And it was really, really news to him. One of the reasons he wanted to take it with him was that he had some health issues and getting another policy was going to be a little bit difficult. So in that scenario, it was a little contentious and just really didn't work out well for him. But I've also had some other really good experiences where an executive or a key person is leaving and they're leaving on great terms. They've had the discussion ahead of time. And then that person gets to keep that policy and the business then transfers the ownership over to that person and they get to bring it into their estate. So it's kind of nice to know if you're the owner, who's in the driver's seat, because that's where all of the controls are. That's really kind of the the best way to think about that. So I'm just kind of going over this really high level today. If you have any questions, maybe about a policy within your company, a policy that you might have and you don't know who the owner is or how you can find all of that out, I'm always open for email questions. My email address is Helen, H-E-L-E-N, at ornellisinsurance.com, O-R-N-E-L-L-A-S, insurance spelled out, dot com. And just put in the subject matter policy owner and uh, let me know. I'd be happy to help you out. One of the other things that comes up quite frequently is the need for a life insurance policy in a big hurry. And that usually comes up for uh, business owners or people needing to secure a loan when you're maybe buying a piece of equipment, getting an SBA loan, 
purchasing something where the lender, whether it's a personal loan from somebody, a bank, a business partner, they're going to want to have some security most of the time with a life insurance policy to cover that risk that they're taking on. So a lot of times there's a process called collateral assignment, and that's when you will sign over a portion or an entire life insurance policy for a period of time to cover that risk. So I have a few tips here because sometimes it's a little bit unclear. I usually consult my clients to use a a life insurance policy that they have already in their, where they already have it in place. You can collateralize a portion of it or all of it. And and sometimes if you don't want to collateralize something that you already have, getting a policy to cover that risk alone is also a great way to do that. So if you're working with a lender, SBA, a bank, whatever, I really recommend that you have a conversation up front about, am I going to need life insurance to collateralize this loan? What? How are you going to ask me to secure this loan? And the reason that you want to ask in the beginning is because you want to know how much time you have to figure this out. Are you going to use a policy you already have? Are you going to have to get a new policy? Can you get through accelerated underwriting, which is pretty quick? Or will you have to go through full underwriting, which sometimes can take 6, 8, 12 weeks to get done? The other thing is, how much will you need to have collateralized? How much is the loan? How much is that lender asking you to collateralize to secure that loan? And what's the drop dead date? Sometimes I've this goes on more often than not that literally two, three weeks before the loan is getting ready to close and fund, then somebody finds out that they need life insurance. And then sometimes that loan just sits in a pending mode until that life insurance uh, gets put in place. So Once again, at the very beginning of that loan process, when you're talking to your lender, find out how much are you going to need? Are you going to need life insurance? Because maybe you have enough personal assets that you don't need that. But if you do, you want to have enough time to get it done and then not have that loan be in a pending mode because it just slows the process down, right? Especially if you're buying a building, piece of equipment, and also you just kind of want to get it done. The other question that I ask people to think about is, you know, does my partner need to get collateralized also? So whether it's a husband and wife, if you have three or four business partners, who needs to get a life insurance policy to secure the loan? Because sometimes one person has a policy and the other doesn't. So just another note to kind of jot down. And Sometimes, let's say you have a million-dollar policy, just kind of hypothetically talking, and maybe you're securing a loan for 400000 Can you use a policy that you already have and collateralize that 400000 So when you ha- fill out that form, uh, you're going to need the information from your bank, and each carrier has their own form that's very specific to this process. You want to make sure that that form that your carrier has will work with your lender because all of those things change. So when you're working with an agent or you're working with me, I always send over 
a copy of a blank collateralization form to make sure that it meets all of the requirements for your lending institution. I've learned the hard way that sometimes the verbiage or that form just doesn't work and uh, you kind of have to figure some, some other things out. Now, let's say somebody does pass away. How does that whole process kind of work? And then I'm going to, again, this is super, super high level. And um, if you, you need more details, I'll give you information on how to contact me a little bit further in the program. So what will happen is if you or somebody should pass away and there is a balance due on a loan, then the life insurance company is going to ask for some information from that lender about how much is due on that loan. And then they're only going to pay, obviously, the balance due. And if you started at 400000 and somebody passes away and there's only 150000 due, then that lending institution or person will get the 150, and then your estate or, or however you have your beneficiary set up, they will get the balance of that. So pretty clean and simple. Just if you're under a, a timeline, you kind of want to know up front. So just as a recap here, I'm just going to say at the beginning of the process, find out if you're going to need life insurance to collateralize the loan, how much, what is the drop dead date, and also get a copy of the collateralization form on the carrier that you're using to make sure that that's going to work. I would say some SBA loans are very, very specific. So if you're working on or thinking about getting an SBA loan, I would certainly do that last part and make sure that it meets their requirements. All right. So that's collateralizing. I always recommend for business owners, have a policy in your drawer, million dollar policy for most people, even if it's just a 10 year term is very affordable. Most loans are a couple years, five, 10 at the most, usually five, I would say. Break that thing out, get a form done. Literally within three days, you're good to go. So just remember, if uh, you can or you do have a policy in your drawer, just remember to use that for clatterization. All right. The next thing that I want to talk about today is just being compliant. I know that you've heard me talk about this in the other two episodes. And I want to just kind of give you three examples of people being compliant, needing to be compliant, and what happens when you talk to your doctor about certain things and it doesn't get resolved, okay? So I had one client who was about 40 years old, you know, tall guy, maybe a few pounds overweight, but he had a kind of moderately high blood pressure, not super, super bad, but because of his age, it was a little high. The client felt like, well, I think that this reading was incorrect. So then we had the examiner go back out and the reading was exactly the same. So this policy got put into a a declined or postponed state until the blood pressure got resolved. So once we got the client to take a deep breath, we were able to have him go to his doctor, have a discussion and have those two come up with a plan. And then over the next six months, go back into the doctor's office or to a blood 
pressure reading station, get about three readings on in the medical records. And so he was able to do that. Once we got to about seven months out, we reopened the case. We got the medical files sent over to the carrier. And, you know, the very cool thing is this particular person went from being declined or in postponed up to positive because he lost a few pounds over that time. And so that was just a, a really good feeling to have somebody have a solution. You know, the doctor, the client, they kind of worked it out. And then he was able to get coverage and and then secure his income should something happen with the three kids that uh, that he has. So that was a, a very successful story. So a lot of times if you get a postponement or a decline, work with your agent and see if there's some ways to to take care of it. One of the things that I'm seeing a lot lately is uh, sleep apnea or sleep test. And what I can tell you is that if uh, you have a sleep test pending, that you're going to have to get it done. Everything is going to, in in 90% of the cases, is going to be put on hold until that sleep study is done. They get to see the results. And if there are other steps that are required, then they're going to want to have you be compliant with whatever those recommendations are. So if you are thinking about applying for life insurance and you have not completed a sleep study test, I highly recommend that you get that done before applying for the life insurance. And if there are any recommendations, please use them. So that's, you know, lose a few pounds, CPAP machine, whatever they recommend, show that you're compliant and that'll make a much smoother road to getting a policy issued. So if you're on the other side of the sleep study test and you've been diagnosed with sleep apnea and you have a CPAP machine, it is really, really highly recommended that you use the machine and that that information is transmitted to your doctor's office, that you have medical record notes that shows that you're 100% compliant, and that makes it really, really easy. So kind of the hot button, sleep apnea, sleep study test, get the sleep study test done. If you're using a CPAP machine, be compliant and make sure and check in with your doctor's office so that they know that you're compliant and it's in your medical records there. So another thing about being compliant, I I guess I'll probably call this, you know, the compliance corner or something in the future, is if you go into your doctor's office and you talk to them about, you know, I have trouble sleeping. Um, Gosh, I keep forgetting things, uh, which we're all doing right now. Uh, You know, just we're so busy and overloaded and obviously, you know, kind of in the middle of of a pandemic, uh, we get a little overloaded. Or if you're feeling dizzy or you've fallen and you're not sure why, um, these are things that are going to be kind of hanging out there. And, um, you know, if you go into your doctor's office and say, I'm having trouble sleeping, and then they're like, well, let's get a sleep study ordered. And you're like, okay. And then you're feeling better. You know, you kind of going to get into that place that we just spoke about. Um, Memory issues, if you say, hey, you know, I'm not sure about my memory, and then they're going to send you to a neurologist, then you're going to have to keep that appointment and kind of go through the whole thing. 
and see that everything is good, which I hope it is. And it's in the medical records and then everyone can move forward. If you're dizzy and you're not sure why, do your best to find out why. If you've fallen and you're not sure why, find out why. Be compliant with all of the requirements that they are asking you to do. So be healthy. Go to all of your doctor's appointments. Comply with anything that's recommended. And then it should make the process super, super easy to get through the life insurance process. So next, I'm going to put out there a little tickler. So we're in a long-term care uh, month here in the insurance industry, and I want to share with you some cool ideas that are out there. Up in the state of Washington, for any of you that are work up there or live up there or your insurance broker, you just went through the long-term care, can I get a policy for my groups and my uh, the people I know to meet the deadline for waiving off that new tax that they're implementing up there. And really don't want to go into great detail. Uh, You can look it up. It's been very, very interesting to say the least. And I'm sure that concept is already out there and other states are looking at it. The states are looking for ways to make it mandatory for people to help uh, with long-term care since a lot of times it it ends up uh, being the state's uh, responsibility at some part time. So one of my agents up there who will be on the show here at the beginning of the year, you know, really kind of going through this came up with a really kind of like an aha moment. So she has, I don't know, thousands of clients, groups, the whole deal. So she went through the whole gamut, putting group policies in, individual policies. And she just said to me, you know what? The concept of looking at long-term care when you're 40, 50, 60 She goes, it's all wrong. She goes, you know, by the time they get to that age, most people either don't want to pay for it or they don't have the funds to pay for it. Uh, Their health has changed. And so they just kind of, they want it, but they don't want to pay for it. She said, you know what? I'm going to start marketing these 20, 30, 40-year-olds because, you know, they have time on their hands. We can get them a policy, life with a long-term care writer give them enough time to chug along at a premium amount that really is not going to affect their lifestyle, you know, have it done at age 65. When they're ready for long-term care, uh, they're going to have, you know, a nice death benefit as well as some funds available uh, to take care of that event. And so as I looked at some of those illustrations, I was like, you know what? I think she's right. And so in 2022, If you have family members and people in your life, kids, grandkids, young adults, for most of them, I'm thinking that they don't need another toy. They don't need a lot of stuff because maybe they're set, but maybe what they do need is one of these life with long-term care writers. And you could set them up for a gift that's going to be giving not only today, but in the future. So I highly recommend when we get to the beginning of the year, and you start thinking about, you know, all the things that people start thinking about. Think about the gift of getting your grandchildren, um, young adults in your life, your children, a life with long-term care rider, uh, life insurance policy. And I can guarantee you they're going to be thinking about you 
in the future about what a wonderful gift you were able to provide to them. So there'll be much, much more conversation on this. I've got a feeling that the long-term care law tax that's going on in Washington, um, I think there's probably five or six other states looking at it now. So whether you're a business owner, an employee, someone making a living, I can guarantee you that your state is looking at implementing a tax to, to force you to pay for this somehow. So having your own policy in your own estate is going to be the best solution. So hopefully you can opt out of uh, that program. All right. So lastly, what I'm going to talk about next is I get a couple of uh, emails every week. So I got some emails from the show uh, that we've had the last two shows. And so I just thought I'd share them with you. Because if somebody's uh, emailing me, um, maybe you're thinking about this or you just kind of want to check it off because you always wanted to know. So one of the questions I get quite frequently is this. If I have a life insurance policy and I get COVID and I should pass away, is my life insurance policy going to go ahead and pay that claim? And the answer is yes. So again, if somebody gets COVID and unfortunately they pass away from it and they have a life insurance policy in place, will it pay? And the answer is yes. Okay. So the next one was from a client that I was working with and he just wasn't quite sure how insurable he was. And so uh, we had a conversation. We we're talking about being um, overweight, maybe some diabetes. I think he had some high blood pressure. And he just kind of wanted an idea to see what his options look like. So for most people who are not in the business, so if you're a, a business owner or just somebody out there listening to the podcast, wanting to get life insurance for maybe you and your family and you have some health issues, we have this really, really cool process where we can get a lot of information uh, from you. We can submit your case to companies without your name on it, no identifiers at all. And then since in my agency, being a general agent, we have, I don't know, 20, 30 carriers available. We send it out and we find out which carrier or multiple carriers would make offers on your case and kind of what that looks like. From that point, we get an opportunity to have another conversation and make a recommendation. And I say to my clients, you know what? You're in the driver's seat. Let's just go ahead. It's just going to be time. Doesn't cost you any money. Let's get a policy in. Let's see where it all lands. And then once we get the real numbers and the real offers, then we can take a look and see where everything is. So if you thought, you know, I don't think I'm insurable. Well, give me a call. Give your agent a call. Uh, have a conversation with them. They should have the ability to put your case out anonymously, get some offers, and you might be surprised. You might get some great offers, get it done, get a life insurance policy, and, and you know, mark that off your list. You're good to go. One of the other things that somebody emailed me, and this is a, something that I get quite often as well, is, you know, I've had a bout with cancer. Can I get coverage? When can I get coverage? And so that can be a little bit of a process, and I want to share this with you. So if somebody has had a cancer event, uh, we usually uh, talk to that person. We need to get some information. There's kind of a, 
a checklist that we go through that we ask them to fill out. They'll want to know when the event was, what the stage of the cancer, what was the procedure, how long ago was it, are there any residual issues, so on and so forth. So the form literally has like eight questions on it, pretty easy to fill out. And then once we get that back, uh, we can do the same process that we did for the person uh, that I was just talking about. Uh, We can kind of send it out and see what opportunities there are for coverage. Now, for some types of cancer, there's a two to five year waiting period. For others, there's 10. And so that's why we ask you to fill that form out. It gives us an opportunity to take a look and see if there are some carriers out there that are comfortable with taking that risk on. So again, this is not, again, I guess it's about compliance, right? (laughs) If you have had, you know, a cancer event and there are ongoing tests that you're required to get done, if you need to get CT scans done on a regular basis, whatever your doctors share with you that they think that you need to get done, please make sure that you are following up with that as well. Uh, That really helps. And I will tell you that we have people all the time that had an issue with cancer. They're on the other side of it. They get a policy and they're really, really happy. They're kind of stunned, actually, that they could get through the process and get a pretty decent health rating. Yeah. So I know we talked about a lot today. And if uh, I'm just going to recap quickly, if you have any questions about some of the topics that I covered today, first off, Who's the owner of my policy? Collateral assignment. I'm getting a loan. You know, what are the top three things that I need to know? Number one, ask your lender, do I need it? Uh, Life insurance to collateralize this loan. How much? And when do I need that policy and provide that paperwork to you? We spoke about compliance. Find out, you know, what you need to be doing and do it. So that's the end of this uh episode here. If you have questions, I would be more than happy to answer them for you. If you would email me at Helen, H-E-L-E-N, at OrnellisInsurance.com, O-R-N-E-L-L-A-S, insurance spelled out, dot com. I would really, really like to answer those questions and, and make you feel comfortable about this process. That's it for today. I look forward to talking with you in the future. And if you would like to be a guest on my show, you can email me. Or if you have a topic that you think we should cover, I would be happy to do that as well. All right. You take good care. Bye-bye. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of On Life with Helen Ornelas podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share with a friend. And if you haven't already subscribed, rated, and reviewed on your favorite podcast player, please do. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas, or you might want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly, Helen at OrnellosInsurance.com, H-E-L-E-N at O-R-N-E-L-L-A-S Insurance.com. In closing, this podcast is dedicated to all who believe in preparing for the future and beyond. beyond.